cool and everything's rolling. <laughs> so if you want to lean back, we can just, you can move that mic a little bit closer to you so you don't got to, it should, you know, you want to be comfy, stay good, okay. beer in hand, everything's good to go. Check, I'm gonna check, do my, one, five, seven. I think I can hear you. 200. Can you, can you oh, I forgot. I put my one ear off. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Cool. Let's do this. Hello and welcome to Start the Beat with Sykes. My name is Sykes and this is my podcast. Before we get started, I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank everyone who checked out the last episode. If you're one of the people who listened to that conversation, I hope you enjoyed it. And thanks so much for coming back. But for those of you out there who are new to the show, welcome. Please feel free to make yourselves at home. And as always, there's beer and soda in the fridge. Cheers, my friend. Hope everyone's doing well today. We're sitting here with my, uh, I haven't seen you in a really, really long time. Um, yeah, like, <laughs> I mean, we were toddlers, basically tykes, except n- not really. Yeah, we yeah. were like, well, I was a teenager. Yeah, we were, we were, we were a late, young teen, late teens, uh, you know, making angry yelling music. Yes. But, but things have moved on. Things have moved on. I'm still angry and yelling, but just not, but not musically, not musically. <laughs> well, actually I kind of am musically because I'm always writing something that's angsty. So in a way Sure, but you've you've found some way to make this music. Uh, you've made the anger a little bit more digestible. Yes, you know it's, it's not like blah 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 blah. It's like la 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 la. I'm mad. <laughs> that sounds like a that's your next song right there. La, that's la, a hook. La la la. I'm mad. Yeah. La 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 la. I'm mad. La 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 la. I'm mad. So yes, we're sitting here today with a singer, songwriter, musician, dark pop artist, if you will, Elena, make some noise for the internet. So for anyone out there that is not familiar with you, what do you want to tell the internet just in general about yourself? Hello, internet. I am Elena and I am, as you said, a dark pop, grunge pop goth Britney Spears <laughs> child <laughs> that's literally what I feel like it sounds like when I do this to my head boing <laughs> hell yeah okay but I am the, the child of Marilyn Manson and Britney Spears okay that's an awesome description so you know Cool. Yeah. Um, what else do I need to tell them? Not all really. everything. That's Should probably about. Okay. That's probably enough. Yeah. That's I a mean, good start. We had loosely mentioned that you know you come from a heavier background, mm-hmm. and we're not going to really dig into the past and what was was what happened. It doesn't really fucking matter. Yeah. But obviously, you're sitting here. You have a Black Dahlia Murder T-shirt on, and you know you obviously have this heavy background. But where I want to start the conversation is just that transition from heavy music into a pop environment. What was that like for you? I imagine you'd probably been writing some sort of music for a while and just making the transition. Yeah. How was it? So I actually started with like electronic, like EDM style music. And it was like right when Britney Spears came out with her album that had like hold it against me and those songs that was very dubstep influenced. And I was like, oh man, I could totally make something like this because I loved pop music, but I felt like nothing was dark, you know? And uh, that was the first thing I heard that kind of had like, because I always thought dubstep had like 
metal influence in it. Oh, 1000%. Yeah. So I was like, this is so cool. This is where I can kind of try and capitalize on this. So I started writing songs with my friend who was in this band called At the Throne of Judgment. Yeah. Do you remember that band? Mm-hmm. So he was writing like pop music and we got together and we started making some songs and uh, they kind of just, uh, they, some got out, some didn't, but it started there. And then I was touring full time with my band. So it got very hard to juggle and things kind of got sat on the back burner. And then I left my band. I was like, you know what? I need to be doing this full time and just was in development for like a year and a half. And then uh, started releasing songs slowly and then just been going full force for the last like three years with just two or like two years releasing songs constantly. Like every was every like two or three months. Now I'm trying to do it like every month. Yeah. It's really hard to keep up with the, uh, the social requirements of an of a i don't want to use the term add but it somewhat feels like that an add audience it really is like i feel like and i am kind of guilty of it too because there's so much music that can be heard now that we're like spoiled you know we're so spoiled to the point where we hear a song for like a week and then we have to hear something new on a new playlist. Like we can't have a playlist for more than a week because we're over those songs. Oh fuck. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, It's like the Spotify playlists are updated every week and every week by the time it gets to the next playlist, everybody's like, okay, I'm over that round of songs. Now it's for the next. It's like, what the longevity? Where is it? (laughs) It's so hard. I find the only way that most artists now can stay relevant is by becoming something that they really aren't mm-hmm. like you have to become this almost this social media figure yeah and like that's cool but like i don't really give a fuck all like that like yeah. i just want to make music i want to take my time on it and put out something good and i you know i would hope that people can appreciate it for some length of time yeah but the problem is if you don't keep up with all of the the hype shit you know just being this bullshit social media figure to, so people even irrelevant people will just forget about you and then whenever you drop music it's like well nobody's going to hear it because they yeah. just forgot you existed exactly and the only way you can make people remember that you exist is just by being like oh look here's a fucking waffle here's mm-hmm. my cat here's yeah. my friend like it's just nonsense. it's so stupid because there's so many i feel like there's so many instagram uh famous-esque people just from like either who their friends were or who or like what they've posted, like the kind of pictures they posted, then they decide they want to do music. So all of a sudden they have this huge fan base that music might not even be good. And it's like, geez, you can't do everything. Pick yeah. what you want. Another, another, <laughs> Stop taking away from us. <laughs> yeah. It's like, it's like you don't want your life to be a TGI Fridays menu that has like a little bit of everything. Oh God, I <laughs> wish I, that like, that is like needs to be, the quote of the year because I can't tell you how many people you see on their Instagram bios like I am an artist I'm a dancer I'm a singer I like to do long hikes on the beach I'm also a chef and I'm also blah 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 blah. it's like what do you what what huh sure (laughs) okay how do you find the time to do all that are you really good at all them you're making money from all of them how are you doing all of it I understand having hobbies like you know I I have a hobby and it's like doing music videos and um 
taking pictures, but that's my hobby. I don't put all my time into it. It's like something I like to do on side. This because it's creative. Yeah, I like to do some little art things here and there, but I'm not going to go like flaunting it to the world. I am a professional. This, that, this, that. You know, I don't know. It's, it's almost just, like that. Uh, it reminds me a lot of that quote that that dude from Oasis said a really long time ago, where he was talking about how if you tell people that you're the best in the world, like a large percentage of them will believe you. Yeah. I think it's just, if you have that confidence, like I'm this, I'm that. A yeah. lot of people will be like, Which well, is, I guess, I guess, I, I guess, guess so. they are. I guess so. It's yeah. so, it really is true though, because I feel like this day and age, everybody is just a hype follower. And I mean, that's, I mean, it's, you kind of got to do that. You have to have confidence and hype yourself up, but you got to be able to follow up with it. Like, let's say, you know, you get booked for something really big and you're not really that great at it because it's just one of your little side things you do, but then what? Then you're going to be screwed. You could have had something great if you would have put all your time and effort into what your true passion is, you know? Yeah. The thing that really bums me out about a lot of artists is that I feel with the way we have to promote ourselves nowadays through social media and everything, you almost become more known for what you don't even want to do in the first place. It's like, you know, say you're a musician and all you want to do is make songs and cool videos, but you know, you get known for just being this social media sort of uh, figure Mm -hmm. and that's cool because people know who you are, but people are gravitating towards you for something like they don't care that much about the music. So it's like, the reason why you want people there is because you want them to like the music, but they're yeah. only there because they like, you know, uh-huh. your diet photos or whatever yeah, other exactly. bullshit you're using that convince that's, people to come to you. You know what? That's This is great because that's exactly what happened when I was transitioning from metal to pop. I had all of my followers and fans were in metal and I was transitioning to pop and like nobody gave a crap at all. It was like, there's very few, like I can ha- name a handful that reach out to me and say like, I've been following you since when's the plague days. Like I'm happy to see that you're doing this and that. And yeah. I love your music. But besides that, I feel like I have like thousands of followers, like ghost followers who just sit there and they don't do anything on my page because they don't care. They don't want to see what I'm posting because it's not what they're interested in. So it's like rebuilding a completely new fan base and uh, having to let go of the, um, like who you were, but keep it as your root, but don't let it define you because you're not going to move anywhere. It's really funny because my, one of my friends, he's doing a project that's like pop also, and he was in a big metal band. And he was had a show, and he he was like, how many fans are here for, he named his band, and then they were like, raised their hands like, okay, so I guess none of you guys really care about my music. <laughs> You're only here because I was in that one band. Sure. Okay. Because then you think about those fans, if they repost what you're posting, what you want them to do, that you want them to help spread the word, their friends aren't going to be in the same music, into the same music that, you know, if it's something totally different, it's pop music, their metal friends aren't going to care about that pop music. So what, they're resharing and posting, you know, your music to people who are not going to care. It's just like, yeah, going to dig you in a trench. And the other thing that's really complicated too is pursuing music as a solo artist or at least having that 
image of a solo artist because mm-hmm. there's always people behind the scenes that are helping out with various things. But it becomes a lot more personal when it's you as a solo artist. Yeah. And it's like, I, this is something that I deal with because I still play in a metal band and mm-hmm. I still have my solo stuff. Yeah, And the solo stuff is a lot harder to promote because it's way more personal. Yeah, And I think the issue that happens whenever you come out of a band, like you're a part of this thing yeah, and you become a solo thing is that people didn't care about any of the individuals in that band. They cared about the unit as a whole. Uh-huh. And now that you're separated from it, it's just kind of like, It's like well, you got to put like- you were able to like split your energy up between like however many people, like five people in the band. So not everybody wanted all of your attention. They wanted everybody's attention when it's all you, you're just like, okay, I don't have a, I don't want to give that much out, but I have to, you know, it's, it's really, really hard because you are, I mean, I'm I'm sure that you work with some people that help you with ideas Mm -hmm. in terms of like, you know, maybe video ideas, production ideas, Mm -hmm wardrobe art all those things you know all those people help you out things but it's still like you have those ideas in your head Mm -hmm. versus whenever you're in a band with five other people it gets split up a bit so it's not the weight of that is a lot less god yeah (laughs) so it's really like crazy to think about all of the solo artists and i feel bad for any super duper famous solo artist because you can't even imagine yeah the way they're getting pulled around and yeah you know, from they're getting pulled in a thousand different directions from people that think they know what's best for them. Yeah. On top of all the ideas that they already have in their head for what they think is best mm-hmm. for themselves. Yeah, it's I just can't even picture like the crazy famous ones. It's just they have like their assistants, their managers, their um, probably personal stylists, personal this, that, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, then there are people outside of that going to them and then those people going to them and it's like a big food chain right into the middle. It becomes a thing where it's like, is this even my thing anymore? I know. It's crazy to think about. But you've really got to like, the cool thing about, and the scary thing also about being a solo artist is that you have to bear your soul or else you're kind of not going to feel like everything is 100% you or the people that are trying to like give you the input or the advice, they're not going to really... I don't think they're going to necessarily click because if you're not throwing out there what you want everything to be like, what you want your brand to look like, what you want your music to sound like, and, it, and it's 100% what you feel, then the people bringing you ideas aren't going to be what you want because you're not even giving what you want. Yeah, you know? that's a really good point. So that's something that I actually dealt with um, when I first started putting music out because I felt a little bit limited with the producer that I was working with and the songs that I was writing. I felt like they weren't a hundred percent me because I felt like I had to be a, in this pop like format, you know. And uh, it ended up turning out that I was like, you know what, I'm gonna start doing my own music videos, producing my own music because I need to make sure what I'm putting out is feels you. like it's coming from me and not other people behind me because they're dictating what I'm supposed to be doing. And I don't, I'm not even dictating what I'm doing only like a tiny percent. So then that way, when people go and listen to my music or they go and see my brand, they'll want to collaborate with me. And then I can choose if I think that it's right or not, because I know, I know exactly what it is and what I want it to be. And hopefully they would be following right along that path and like understand, you know, but it was like, I was getting pulled in exactly in like all the wrong directions before and felt like I was losing sight of who 
I really was, but not like to a crazy point. But it was like, Enough if I keep feel- going that way, I'm going to feel like I've wasted so much time. Sure. You're getting pulled enough in a way where you don't feel like yourself. Yeah. And if you aren't able to put out something that you're totally confident in, nobody else is going to be confident in it. Mm-hmm. You know, you have to have that. Just like there's like this unspoken energy that I think yeah. you could tell that just emanates from an artist that's doing something that they really care about yeah. versus something that you could feel is like completely manufactured. Mm-hmm. It gets to a point where everything's kind of manufactured mm-hmm. and that's okay. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, I mean, it's just a part of the part of the, the deal. Yeah. But there's sometimes where certain artists can put out material and I feel like it's just like, what is this? Yeah, it's like this doesn't. Something's not lining up here. So, uh, an artist that I mean, I could be off about this, and I don't know if you have anything to speak on terms of this. But an artist who I felt got like really pulled off the rails was Lana Del Rey. Mm-hmm. I feel like she was doing really cool stuff for a while. It felt like it was really genuine, mm-hmm. and now it's just like, what is this? Yeah, I feel like she kind of had to stay in this very somber, depressing like mindset and life and everything. And she might've been there at one point, but I remember her songs before like that one album came out and it was, it was still her. You could tell, you could feel her lyrics, but there was a little bit of like poppiness in it. Yeah. I don't know if you, I can't remember what I know. She used to go under a different name. Yeah. And Mm -hmm. I can't remember right now. I think I want to say it was Lizzie something. I can't, I can't remember, but it was fun. I know some of that stuff kind of ended up, on the born to die album Mm -hmm. and i i love the production on that album Mm -hmm. i love like how all the hip-hop and the string orchestrations of everything like some songs are slower some are more upbeat but it sounds like very like yeah just sounds very genuine and unique Mm -hmm. and now i I mean i don't know you know i it's just it's just not for me you can tell whenever an artist isn't feeling it by when you hear them like singing their songs. I remember I could tell that whenever I was hearing some Britney songs, I'm like, oh man, I could tell she really does not want to be doing this. So yeah, this, 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 uh, we've brought up Britney multiple times in this I'm conversation. Sorry, I'm obsessed. Well, no, let's, let's dig into this actually. So when, <laughs> when did the Britney obsession start? Oh my gosh. When I was little. Yeah. I loved Britney and I loved the Spice Girls. I mean, yeah, yeah. We're of that era for sure. I know. And uh, it just was my dream to be a, like a pop star and in a girl. Well, I wanted to be in a girl group was like one of the big things I wanted. And then like a, when I realized like, like a Spice Girls type yes. thing. Okay. I made it when I, we made like a Spice Girls type group when I was, I don't know, like nine or 10. Not to get too, too sidetracked. Just one quick question. Yes. Before I forget. Are you on the k-pop train or not um i am i do so i like k-pop but i'm not gonna say that i'm like a super fan i don't say i hate k-pop because i i do actually kind of like it but i'm not i'm i'm there's just a, like i'm in the middle there's a lot of behind the scenes stuff that, that really I feel like bothers me very i feel like it's very like early pop in the u.s that's like like sure yeah it's just like the the horror stories i feel like you hear about from like artists and labels and stuff yeah, that, that stuff makes me feel used really... to happen all the time but now it's impossible for that kind of stuff to happen because the way that the internet is like 
fine. You don't want to like, people are not going to get into a deal where it's like really, really bad because there's too many movements going on that like people get in trouble or, you know, it's, I think people are a lot more aware and stay clear of like the bad in the music. I was just curious about your perspective as a music listener, because now obviously we're not living in a time where goal groups are really a thing, Yeah, but K-pop, it's a huge thing. Yeah. So that's like really the only way to kind of, uh, pull that to yeah get that to get that satisfaction is from a lot of those bands and there's yeah. some pretty good ones um i mean i guess my love for girl groups went away as i started getting older but i do like the what are they called the the k-pop girl group i mean there's a few there's black pink black pink black pink's yeah. the big one right now mm-hmm. yeah they're cute <laughs> Yeah, little cuties. And some of the production on their stuff is really fun. When uh-huh. it comes to the K-pop, I'm a, I really like Red Velvet. Yeah, I think they have some super gnarly production. Yeah, like some really heard. weird outside the box stuff. You know who I love? Oh, who? What is her name? Baby Metal. Oh yeah, <laughs> I They're love awesome. Baby Metal. <laughs> I saw when I saw heard them for the first time and watched the video. I was like, you got to be kidding me. I saw uh, it was I think it was their first US show in New York City. Really? Me and my friends drove up to see it and it was like the best show I had been to in a really long time because oh. the band was super tight and it was like the wildest mixture of people I in can this imagine. place. It was fucking awesome. I will say though not to be like a, a poo-poo pants but like the new <laughs> stuff that they're doing is kind of bumming me out. It's just really? not as like I haven't ex- listened. I'm, I haven't followed yeah. much. It's not as like it almost sounds like it's getting more serious really it's like all the comic book it's they sounded like a living comic book mm-hmm. at first you know yeah. it was just so animated but now it's kind of like getting a little bit more like less electronic-y more like progressive metal mm-hmm. which is fine but like that's kind of not what i want to hear yeah. but i get it anyways back to you britney <laughs> spears girl groups growing up that's what you're into. You want to be yeah. in a. You want to be in a girl group. I um, wanted to be in a girl yeah. group, but eventually you ended up playing metal. Yeah. So where did that transition happen? Well, it was somewhere between the ages of like 13 and 14 that somebody bad seated and came into my life. <laughs> Don't it, know what happened. Was there. it a bad boy? Uh, it might have been. <laughs> and <laughs> they're like, "Hey, check out this song." I'm like, "Okay." Check out "Bring Me the Horizon." <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't even Bring Me the Horizon. It was like Children of Bodom oh, okay. and well, Demi Borgir and Cradle of Filth. And I was like, oh my God, this is so cool. Yeah. I loved like the symphonic keyboards and like the orchestration. Cradle of Filth is like, don't even get me started. My absolute most favorite band. I What's listen your favorite to them. Cradle of Filth album? Um, Midian. Midian. Same. There's no question. Yeah. Midian is the best. Yeah. Hands down. <sighs> but there, I mean, there's. There's hits on each of their albums. Yeah. In my opinion. But Midian's a fucking masterpiece. Oh, yeah. It's. I I have a very. I remember getting Midian the day it came out on CD. I remember taking the bus downtown to Ides. And it's so specific. I remember I had to wait for the bus to come back. I remember sitting in the Brugger's bagels, eating a bagel with my disc man, listening to Midian, just like, fuck yeah. Like, yeah. like 15 years old or however old I was, yeah. like life changed. Yeah. I don't remember if it was if it was when Midian came out or when it was, but I remember I saved up enough money to go down to the music store down the road and get my cradle of filth CD that I've been wanting for so long. And I went there, I got it and I felt like my world was complete. Like I was just looking at it. Like 
the packaging is still on it. The feeling you got when you would rip the top off of the oh, packaging, yeah. of like the shrink wrap around it. You're like, oh, and you can't open it. You're like, why won't this open? <laughs> it's the perfect segue into like, I think the difference now, because like we come from that era of like going out of our way to have to get a CD uh-huh. and that's all we have to listen to. And now you have Spotify and the playlists mm-hmm. and music is so disposable. It's so disposable. It feels it's crazy. Stupid. It's so uh, because it's like I you co- ask yourself, like, why am I doing this sometimes? Because nobody is going to listen to this song in five minutes. Yeah. I, it's <laughs> like I come from that era when albums mean the world to me and I still want to put out albums, uh-huh. but I'm not a dummy. Like I manage <laughs> all of my projects and I can like easily see anytime I put out anything that has more than fucking three songs on it. Mm-hmm. You know, the first few tracks have all the streams. Yeah. And, and the then end of the album, it's like nobody touches the rest of them. I know it's the worst. That's why it's like you have, it's just singles and singles and makes- singles. And it actually kind of sucks because I feel like I've been wanting to put out a body of work for so long, but I refuse to do it until my fan base gets to a certain point because I don't want to see those songs go like nowhere. Do you know what I mean? Totally. Because that's what could happen if you don't have like, you know, the right amount of people looking at your stuff. Yeah. That's really, really depressing to think about. (laughs) But at the same time, it's like, I know goddamn well that I could probably re-release the second half of an album. Uh And nobody would even know that it came out. They probably wouldn't. so sad yeah but i still want to like i feel like an album is what defines an artist yeah exactly not like singles mm -hmm. it's so true it's if you want to have make that like turning point it's gonna be an album but it's just figuring out when timing is everything and it's so hard to know when the right time is you have to be like drake level for anybody to give a fuck about mm-hmm. you putting out like a full body of material drake kanye yeah that, that unless level. you have like a cult fan base like melanie martinez or oh, sure. halsey and um billy eilish like that's kind of where i'm trying to aim to go is like cult fan bases and i don't care if i never get signed or whatever if, as long as i have a cult fan base i will be very happy because i know those people will still listen to my music Years from now, I don't want to be just thrown on a playlist and then n- those people don't even care what comes next. I want the people to want to listen to my music, listen to what I have to say, and also like like my brand, like want to be a little bit like me. Not to sound weird, but I want to be a good influence for totally like young girls or young boys, anybody, you know, whatever, you know? whatever, <laughs> girls, boys. Cats, dogs. Yeah. They're all the same. Dragons, dinosaurs. Yeah, I love a good dragon dinosaur. How <laughs> dope is it that Billie Eilish is as big as she is? It's awesome. It's insane. It mm-hmm. blows my mind. I remember hearing some of her stuff and being like, this is really cool, super abstract. This is neat. Uh huh. She's then, 13. Like, That's really crazy. And then, like, hearing her music, like, you know, here yeah. and there and yeah. here and there and there and here. I'm like, whoa, this is really blowing up. I can't believe people are resonating with yeah. this. Yeah, no, I know. It's well, cool it's like the first, well, the first song, I well, wasn't the first song, but she had the super slow songs like Ocean Eyes and the really vibey stuff that came out first. And then she did the bellyache song, which is like kind of like, I felt like introing it to pop, but she still wasn't that big yet. Yeah. She was still like, you know, people were, figure out who she was and that's when I got interested in her because I realized how young she was at that point she was only like 13 I think at that point and I was like 
whoa, this girl's going to blow up. And she reminded me so much of me. I was like, this girl reminds me of me. And I don't know why. Like, her style, something about her is just like something sitting. I'm like, okay. Now, the lyrics that she's writing and her brand is... I'm happy that it's sitting with people because that's like the avenue that I've been kind of like exploring and going down the past like couple years. And I was always told that it's either too dark for pop and too pop for alternative. She literally helped bridge the gap between alternative and pop because now she's literally, she's on pop radio and she's on alternative radio. Yeah. Like, and now I don't know about how much here, but in LA alternative radio is like, you're going to hear electronically produced music on there. As long as it is darker, has more aggression. The feeling is not like, what pop is today. But then also pop is switching and having a little bit more angst in it. Like you have that new Halsey song that's super like rock influence. It reminds me of tattoo and, uh, um, young bloods on there. Young blood is straight up like a punk pop artist. You know, yeah. he's just like cool as fuck. And Billy's on there. It's really interesting. Actually, I had, uh, my friend, who uh, my friend Abby, who's a radio host on 105.9 The X, mm-hmm. she was on the show recently, and we were talking about the evolution of what air quote rock music is. Yeah, and she was talking about uh, we talked a lot about Twenty One Pilots mm-hmm. and Billie Eilish yeah. and other artists who, you know, they're starting to put into rotation. But like you hear those same bands on like Kiss FM, which mm-hmm. is and like the pop station here in Pittsburgh, yeah. and. I think that we're getting to a point that we haven't had in a while where rock and pop music are starting to become one again. Yeah. It's just what necess- what rock music is, is evolving. Yeah. And, and it's been needing to evolve for so long, but there's been so many stubborn people that have refused to let it evolve. But the funny thing is, it really hasn't been that long. If you think about yeah, you know, right. how rock has existed since what, you know, 50s, 60s, mm-hmm. it's been half a century. Yeah. So for people to assume that a genre or a style of music should only be based off of like a, a two or three decade time period is crazy when yeah. you think about the history of music as a whole over mm-hmm. thousands and thousands of years. Yeah. Of course it's going to evolve. Yeah. It's there. It's inevitable. Like what else is going to, it's like one of the biggest genres that there is. It's like, there's rock, there's pop, and then you have your classical jazz, like, you know, and then you have all your sub genres and country, you know, everything is, has to evolve at some point or else it, it's just going to stay in the back. But yeah, I mean, I feel like whatever's happening right now is like on the right track. I feel like with the way music is evolving and everybody trying to mix genres together and figure out the next thing, we've actually like almost pushed out all genres. And now you have, I've said this before on the show, but you have music with instruments and music with computers. Yeah. Those are the two genres now. <laughs> I know. That's and basically it. Some people do a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. That's basically it. And it's just, that's just kind of, I feel like how it goes. And I like it that way because I like being open and being able to do whatever I want, you know, like be able to, if I want to have like live drums and with some like synth work and stuff, then I want some live drums with some synth work and maybe some 808s. So what? Who cares? I can do that if I want, right? It's just, it's cool. I think that there, with art, there should never be any rules. Yeah. And if you have a vision that you want to do and it's like a 
an accurate representation of your artistic voice or your mm-hmm. being, fucking do it. Yeah. If anybody tells you that you're wrong, that's like them saying that you're wrong. And yeah. if you feel like you're right, then that's a wrong person for you to have in mm-hmm. your circle. Yeah. If someone tells you that you're wrong, then you just got to be like, get the hell out of here. Yeah. Honestly, because they're stuck in some kind of weird. I imagine that's like, a weird position to be in. It's like, are you working for me or am I working for you? What the fuck is this? Right. Now people are crazy. But at the same time, I guess like sometimes if you're bringing people onto your team to build up a brand, if we want to start talking about that sort of language, I mean, you've brought it up a few times and I understand that it is what it is, but, uh, (laughs) nerd language, you're bringing in people to build up this brand, finding the right people that really understand your vision, but can also steer you in the right direction because, gotta be real you don't fucking know everything i don't know everything there's gonna be a lot of shit that you are wrong about you might yeah. think you're 1010 percent right about something but you could be fucking wrong i could be wrong and as soon as someone tells me something that i that i think like it's something that i know that i'm not 100 percent on and they tell me like oh no it's this way then i will gladly listen and learn but if it's something that i feel like no this is what i know and uh, i know that's what works for me because i've tested trial you know everything but just the other day or yesterday i met this one guy um i did an interview with him and he was telling me all these different things about i was asking questions about like social media and like engagement and like website clicks and all this stuff and he gave me so much information that i had no idea about and i've been wanting to learn nobody wants to give out their secrets like in la it's so stupid nobody wants to tell you anything because they want to charge you like five thousand dollars for like to do what cost them literally maybe 50 bucks on the internet and it's unreal. And this guy just basically was like showing me all these things that I could potentially be doing and like how to get to these websites and do this and that. I'm like, Oh my God, that's thank you. Hell yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> thank you. Shout out to that dude. It's clap. <laughs> Thanks. Whoever you were. He runs a site. Jekko. Do you know Jekko? Okay. It's a Pittsburgh site. So okay. he's a really cool dude. I went to Randy land yesterday. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's not too far from here. Yeah. It was really cool. I was like, this place is awesome. There's just so much art everywhere. Yeah. Pittsburgh's like, I imagine like I've never been to LA and mm-hmm. I don't know how long, how much time you spent there, but like, I imagine like there, these are two completely different worlds. But yeah. a, lot, a lot of people trying to do the same shit, but with like much, I, I, th- I think probably the only, uh, the scale is probably just the ego. There's probably a I, lot less I, ego. I literally read my mind. I was like, a lot of people are trying to do the same stuff. The only difference is that they all have an ego and that's why they get nowhere. You have to be humble and you have to know that like, you're not the best and there's going to be people trying to beat you. People try and tear you down, but you got to like, I feel like you got to be humble, but like you, willing to stab a motherfucker. Yes, exactly. You have to be humble, but you also have to be assertive because if you're not assertive, then people are going to walk right over you. And sometimes the people that, you know, are shitty and have the huge ego and they're in the right place at the right time, they are going to like get there because that's just what happens. Yeah. Some shitty people get places where good people should be, but that's life. I feel like, but it's like, you know, do you really want, I feel like a lot of shitty people 
step over genuine people to just link up with other shitty people to yes. live in their shitty no, circle right. of just shittiness. Yeah. And because it's like, in the end, like the shitty people won't there, there's never going to be longevity with those kind of people. Yeah, I feel they all like just end because, up shitting on each other. Right? Yeah, exactly. Nobody's going to end up happy or feeling good in the end. Just going to be a temporary little bandaid of happiness. Do we think that's how it is? Or do we tell ourselves that to make know. us feel better? Um, I mean, I feel like... I think that it is. I'm going to say that it is. And- I assume that it is, too. I think that there's this question. I do a lot of uh, listener questions for the show, and maybe mm-hmm. we'll get into some in a bit, um, depending on where our time is now. We're about 36 minutes in, so we're doing okay. pretty good. But one question that a lot of people have asked, so I guess we'll be answering several listener questions right now. Everybody that's asked this. A lot of people ask what my definition of success is. Uh-huh. Do you want me to answer this before you answer it? But I was going to, we can maybe talk about this together. Okay. What are, what we define success as? Well, to me, success is doing what you have, you set out to do and whether it changes or not, finding that place that makes you happy. And cause in the end, people who see you happy are going to like, you know, if they're, they don't want to see you succeed, but if they see you happy, they're just going to be like, Oh shit. She's doing good. Success is doing good. And no matter what it is, like you don't have to have like a bajillion dollars, even though it would be nice to be able to make money from your music or whatever it is that you want to be successful at. But if you've learned your craft, you feel good and confident in what you're doing. You've accomplished some goals. You've put yourself in a place where you know that this is what you want to do. And uh, for me, it's for the rest of my life. But a lot of people want a bunch of different successes. You know, they want to accomplish one thing, say they've had success in this and then move on to the next. Well, there are 20 different things on their Instagram bio, like we talked about, right? (laughs) See, those ones, I feel like they haven't accomplished their like major, like they haven't become fully successful at it. I think they're just like dabbling. They're they're TGI food menus. I'm telling you, Olive Garden, AF. They're very Olive Garden. Cheesecake Factory. Cheesecake Factory. (laughs) (laughs) To piggyback on your uh, statements of success and, you know, doing what you set out to do, I think a lot of people get distracted by success because they let other people's idea of success bleed into them. Like a lot of people might tell you what you should be Mm -hmm. doing. And then all of a sudden what you originally wanted to do is swayed by the opinion of somebody else. Mm Mm-hmm. But like, and then you get, you get, maybe you get convinced and you start going down that path and you realize this isn't even what I fucking wanted. Yes. You have no idea. Literally how many times I've heard from either some people in my family, my, some people in my family and a couple other people that like I've worked with before and they've have said that, you know, maybe it doesn't matter if music isn't like, you know, as an artist isn't what you end up doing. But if you do something in music, you should still be happy. I'm like, okay, listen, when I was 15, I decided I wanted to, I, this was what I was doing for the rest of my life is the, I played my first show and I knew that second I got off the stage, I was like, there's no way I'm ever feeling like that again from anything. And I haven't, nothing has given me that feeling besides playing music. And, uh, I know that that's what I want to do and that's what I'm going to do. And I've always told myself that I was like, there's no way I'm leaving this earth without being successful in music. And 
yeah, people would be like, you were, you had so much success in your band and this and that. Well, guess what? I didn't feel like that was completely me. You were one, one fifth or sixth, one fifth, one sixth. Yeah. But also it was me joining other people's projects. You know, it was never something that I built that I could feel like it was mine. Yeah. And that's what I really, really wanted when I started doing my own project was I wanted something to call mine that I felt like was a full, it it completely embodied me, you know? And uh, that's what I'm setting out to do. And everybody keeps, not everybody, but certain people keep saying like, you know, whatever path you go on, you'll end up finding like happiness and success and this and that. And I'm like, it's going to be in music being an artist sorry guys sure it's not going to be any other way because that's what i know i'm not trying to be stubborn or anything but i feel like i'm the kind of person that i when i have a goal i follow it until i reach it and then i find another goal in that same you know same area yeah i'm not going to completely go off track and just i just i don't know yeah not in every circumstance but i think a lot of it has to do with just in terms of success, a lot of it has to do with making sure that like your basics are taken care yeah. of, you know, making sure that you're in a reasonably healthy environment yeah. mentally. So you could create from a place of comfort where you feel like you can genuinely be yourself. Mm-hmm. Cause if you're stuck in a situation where either your living situation sucks or the mm-hmm. people around you suck. I mean, sometimes Nothing that can good inspire gonna, good art, but, but it, you, it's really hard to enact gonna, on it and mm-hmm. get it like off the ground. If yeah. you have a bunch of negativity it's around hold you. you back for sure. Like it's, yeah, it's that's, I've gone through that a lot over the past couple of years actually. And it helped me write, like it helped me write great music, but I don't know how many like opportunities could have came in that time that I just refused to maybe see or let happen because I had so much negative energy around me that I didn't know where to go. I couldn't figure anything out besides just writing about the negative stuff. And that kind of puts you just in one little box when you should not be just in one little box. Fuck. If you are, if you are your art, and all your art is negativity and you're living in this sea of negativity and like, you know, you're practicing material that's revolved around all this negative Mm -hmm. shit. What do you think's going to (laughs) happen? Yeah. I think it's like awesome to like turn negative things into art and to be able to let go. Yeah. But it's just, it's very, very easy to actually not let go by writing a song about something. Mm -hmm. And it's like that, that balance it's really hard like i have plenty of songs that i've written that i just refuse to perform and do now because i mean it was a way to get something off my chest yeah but it's not something that i want to carry with me all these years later exactly i feel bad for the people who write songs like that and then that becomes their hit song and they're like (laughs) why do i gotta keep living this life sure i think 21 pilots said something I can't remember what it was. They performed and they didn't perform a song that all the fans loved or something. I wish I could remember exactly the story. So sorry, everybody, if I get this wrong, but, and their fans were freaking out or they changed the lyrics to one of their songs to one of their big songs because they hated what it meant to them. Okay. And all the fans were so mad and they were like, why'd you change the lyrics? And there he was like, because I don't feel like that anymore and I don't want to sing about it. That's it. I don't yeah. want to sing that anymore. 21 Pilots fascinates me mm-hmm. in terms of just how big they are. The past few times they've been here, they've sold out 
like the huge arenas here. And they're just, they're a, a genreless band. Yeah. On their Wikipedia page, it says they're an American music duo. There's no, there's no genre <laughs> attached to it. Yeah. And I think that's fucking awesome. No, it's, but there's like, great. There's, but there's so many things that interest me about that band. And I would love, I mean, it's, I'm not going to say never, if it ever happened that I could talk with them, it'd be great. But I would love to sit down and talk with them about that transition of building the brand that is 21 pilots yeah. and the artistic sacrifices that they've had to make uh-huh. to their music to get to like strike at that pop audience. Yeah. Because like, them live versus their studio is they're two different beasts. Mm-hmm. Like their live stuff. It's like, there's all this raw energy, so much more live instrumentation. Yeah. It's fucking awesome. Yeah. I prefer their live stuff uh-huh. over the studio. Did stuff. You, you know, that one song that was on their last album that had like the, um, complete metal breakdown at the end of it. Uh uh-uh. Oh my I'm God. Not, I love this song. And it is like, I'm like, oh yes, thank God they're screaming and like there's like a breakdown at the end and I'm like, this is so cool. There, but it didn't end up being like one of the big songs. There's one but... song that's like, um, was it Heavy Dirty Soul maybe? No. Because I know on that song when I've seen them perform that live, the end gets kind of, it sounds kind of breakdowny and he's yelling a uh-huh. bit. It's heavier. But like the rest of the track has kind of like a funk element to it. Yeah, no, it's, it's not, not that one. It's not that one. I'll tell you right now because I used to listen to it all the time. Yeah. Shout outs to 21 Pilots. They're yeah. such a an interesting band for for me in this time frame. And anytime I see like a like a preteen or younger kid wearing a 21 Pilots shirt, I'm like, word, cool. I probably would have fucking liked that band too. They're like the Lincoln Park of yeah. modern gener like the modern yeah. era. It was jumpsuit. Oh, okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. Very, very end. I don't know if they like cut it. If it was ever on radio here, they probably cut the end out or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. I know, I know that song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think that that's off their newest album. Yeah, their newest album. Yeah, okay, yeah. I do Trench. know that song. Yeah. Yeah, I was yeah. like, thank God somebody's doing this. Oh, and then Bring Me the Horizon did the song with Danny Filth. Like, that's my dream goal. Yeah, I thought that was cute. I thought it was adorable. <laughs> I thought it was so cute. I was like, he's probably like a grandpa right now and he's in his makeup love, and his big shoes. I love him. I love watching interviews with Danny Filth because he just does not give a shit anymore and he's so funny. I know. He's such a he's such a nerd. <laughs> I know. And like when I was younger, I thought he was like oh such God. a frightening, intense dude. I was obsessed with him. I thought he was like the hottest thing ever. I don't know what was going on, but like, like I was like, like the, he's like the I height of this. Cup. Yeah, he's literally this tall. We were. I remember he's so miniature. I remember we saw. I saw a Cradle of Filth at Club Laga, like in high school, oh years God, and years Club. ago. It was it was Cradle of Filth, Typo Negative, and Moonspell. Oh, Moonspell and yeah. Typo Negative. <laughs> so it was it was Goodbye. you know there was there was a lot of uh, excuse my euphemism, but dripping fishnets in the room, probably male <laughs> and female, to be completely honest oh, yeah. with you. Uh, but uh, I remember. At the time, anytime, like there was all these people like loading gear in and out, just like road cases and stuff. Mm-hmm. Every time we saw a tiny road case, we're like, Danny Filson there. <laughs> just joking. He's going to pop out like a cake. Uh-huh. Ah! <laughs> That's a good Danny Filth impersonation. <laughs> but yeah. I've been uh, practicing. Yeah, they're fucking awesome. And I think it's cool that... um there's, you know, just to see younger bands embracing that yeah. stuff and getting people involved. Mm-hmm. And it's cool to see, again, see like Danny Filth on like, 
whatever like fuse tv and whatever other bullshit just doing like silly interviews yeah i watched there was like a an interview about the uh the jesus is a cunt shirt they yeah. did like a whole thing about because i think the history of that and i thought really? it was super cool Iggy Azalea wore it and people were like freaking out over it and i was like first of all i was like i a lot of people don't like her i know she just <laughs> continues to piss people off in one way I, or another i'm not quite sure why do we know why i don't know i'm not sure I guess people just don't like her. Yeah. I mean, she said some pretty ignorant shit, but I feel like everybody says ignorant stuff. Yeah. I think that people, I mean, the internet is a crazy place. They find someone to pick on and that's who they pick on and there's no end to it. You never get over it. I remember she was supposed to play here a few years ago for pride and she ended up getting booted off the bill because I guess she had posted something that was like homophobic supposedly, but I don't think it was like, actually homophobic i think it was just her being a brat towards somebody so it came off wrong yeah i just think she's a brat which is fine i think she was like a model or something before she was a rapper well i think she's still kind of a model because she's like trying to sell like nutrient bars and shit on her fucking isn't everybody though i guess so (laughs) with the following i'll give you one million dollars to sell this nutrient bar okay I and like I feel bad because like I really I I liked a lot of her early material. I just liked how like raunchy and no fucks given yeah. it was. But yeah. like I don't really keep up with it anymore now. Yeah, it's just no. not for me. Me either. Now the I mean, Cardi's in the house. I don't think anybody cares about anybody anymore. Cardi B seems like a nice person. <laughs> she does, doesn't she? Yeah, she's like <laughs> she seems like a wholesome mom, but also the wholesome <laughs> mom that is like <laughs> totally. Yeah, this is like. Also has a stripper pole in her room like that, you know, I'm going to make you cookies, but also I'm going to go strip in my room real quick. That's, I feel like Cardi B. Yeah. Like I I just enjoy, again, like I watch a lot of interviews with people just, I don't know why it just happens. I'm whenever I find out about an artist, it's not so much. I want to listen to their music. I'll check it out a bit, but I want to know who they are as a person. Yeah. I'm just so behind the scenes. Maybe that's a product of me doing this podcast and trying to talk to people. I just get to know people. Cause I feel like if I can understand where somebody's coming from personally, it'll make me understand and appreciate their music a little bit more. Yeah, no, it's, that's true. And I wish a lot of people more people were like that because I feel like they can gain more of a connection with somebody by watching that. I used to always watch interviews of bands that I liked because I felt like I knew them more, like especially video interviews and stuff. It was like one of my favorite things to do was just like always looking them up be like, Oh yes, I feel like this person's talking to me, but he's, they're not, this yeah. band is not talking to me at all, but I still, I'm learning so much new stuff about them. And I feel like with all of the content that we get, shoveled down our fucking throats on an Mm -hmm. hourly basis now the only real way for me personally to pick out like who i want to gravitate towards is like who can i actually connect with personally who can i find out more about Mm -hmm. you know that and seeing bands live yeah which that comes a lot more from the metal background Mm -hmm. because the past decade of heavy metal has become really interesting in terms of you know studio recordings versus uh performing live you Mm -hmm. know what i mean everybody has a there's some magic now, thanks yeah. to you know all this fancy technology <laughs> here. You really, know what I mean? There really is the shittiest drummer. You know, you can just fucking all of a sudden control a quantize and they yeah. sound like a fucking beast. It's I know like it's scary. It's, it's crazy. It really is. And like just even in there's honestly more production that goes into modern metal than a lot of pop. Oh, it's a hundred percent. I say that I say this all the time. I'm like I'm so glad that I'm not 
recording or like in a room where we're making metal music because it is like I mean the amount that goes into it and I produce a lot of my own music or like start out the productions and I'm like there's already so much I can only imagine having to go in on every little thing your the guitars are always they can't be like messy or dirty they have to be so yeah everything has to be perfect now perfectly lined up like you can get away with like a little bit of grunge and like you know off timing a little bit with guitars and like rock music or alternative because that's the sound that you yeah, want you a, know in metal everybody wants it to be perfect yeah and I, I i love joking with my friends that like metal that like like you know like progressive death metal and i'm like oh so you like electronic music yeah and they're like what are you talking about because like, it literally oh, sounds like, like you're, 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 list, you're listening to distorted techno basically is what yeah. you're listening to mm-hmm. like you know you, see, you sir somebody kind of played that but there's so much post-processing and yeah effects and production it's There's electronic so, music you're yeah. listening to techa techno yeah like i mean like nothing against like any of those bands i think they do some really cool interesting stuff but yeah when I and listen i mean to I, it, hats off to you guys for putting in all the time and effort in and like especially the producers doing it like holy cow yeah there's a lot of work that goes into that stuff yeah oh and some of those bands can pull it off live some of them can't mm-hmm. it's fine that's why they have tracks yeah that's though that's another thing too <laughs> jesus christ don't even f- that's why they got tracks bro we fucking played with this fucking band that i'm not gonna fucking name it doesn't matter but i'm not whatever i'll just be civil and <laughs> they were like it was one of those things where like we're the shitty local band opening up for whoever and uh they were just such fucking dicks to us yeah and then they fucking get on stage and it's just like it's all backtrack and I'm like, why the fuck are you worried about getting your gear set up on stage on time if it's all running through the fucking backtracks anyways, fucking nerds? Oh, my God. I just don't understand. Sometimes I just wish someone can go over and just press the space bar real quick and stop it. And remember, like, Millie Vanillium. what, what? Yeah. just happened? Sure. It's like, oh, my God. <sighs> the pe- people, I don't know. I don't know. Everybody wants to be in a band without knowing how to play an instrument. That's the problem. Learn your instrument. You can't fast forward. Like I think there's a combination of that. And also, I think it's honestly a huge part of it is fans. I'm not talking about people that are musicians, just people that are genuine fans. Yeah. Their expectation level has gone up so high yeah. that if you as a live band, if you're not performing something that is 110% what the fan knows they're going to revolt like 21 pilots mm-hmm. trying to change a lyric yeah, or like a drummer that might be a little bit off or a singer yeah. that might be a little out of key. Like when we were younger, it didn't matter. It didn't like, matter, yeah. like fucking watch a Deftones live video, not the best live band in the world. Chino yeah. cannot sing live. Love you, dude. But you, yeah, it's like, you know, but people of that era get it because yeah. it's fine. It's okay. But it's now like- with like younger bands and younger fans, if it's not exactly 1, like it, accurate, they're like, Oh fuck this. Yeah. Yeah, nope, I get it. There's this one artist um, called Black Bear and he actually does the opposite. He actually flips his songs to be like rock-ish for his live show, but he does it through the entire set. So it's like he kind of made like this big production of it and his fans actually like, well, I think actually I saw some little bit of backlash of people being like, why didn't you play Do Re Me the way I like it? And like, <laughs> I think it. <laughs> When it comes, I think it's a matter of if you come out the gate presenting yourself in a certain way, mm-hmm. 
I think it's fine because yeah. you'll build a fan base based off of what exactly. you're doing. Yeah. But if you come out the gate one certain way and then one day you flip it, mm-hmm. people are going to be like, what the fuck is this? It's yeah. almost kind of like you in your mm-hmm. position where like you're coming from a metal band going into pop. People are like, what is this? Yeah, exactly. It, it makes it really complicated. It's- I wish everybody had an open mind. <laughs> Me too. It would be nice. Yeah. Would be nice. Wouldn't that be nice if everyone had an open mind? That was like a Blues Clues moment. <laughs> or a, what was one of those other shows? Um, Maybe Barney. Barney, Sesame Street. Yeah. One of those. I'm like, am I, I'm weird. Am I weird? Not really. Okay, cool. Honestly, to be completely transparent with you, this is one of the easiest conversations I've had in a while. Yes. Probably because you're weird too. (laughs) Probably. Yeah, that's probably 1,010% accurate. So we're talking about performing live and everything. And I'm curious about you and the solo stuff. Have you performed live at all? Or is that just like something that you're still figuring out how you want to do that? Yeah. So I did like a live studio-esque type video for YouTube when I first put out my first song. And since then... It was on the back burner for a minute. And then over the last like five, six months, I've been putting together like how I want my live show to be um, a band and really trying to get all my ducks in a row to be able to perform live because I've been like itching to get out there on the stage again. It, like I said, sure. the first time I went on stage, I knew that's what I wanted to do. I wanted to play music. Like I love it. I it's just in my blood and it needs to happen like ASAP. The only roadblocks that have been in the way is that the people that I have for like drums and guitar and in LA, they also have other projects. So mm-hmm. it's been difficult to be able to get together because they're either on tour, one's on tour and then the other one's on tour. And then it's like leaves a tiny bit of space for us to figure things out. Cause I'm not their top priority. Yeah. So I need to really like, I've been trying to reanalyze how I want to do this and maybe just keep them for some kind of like when it comes to like touring and stuff. And I'm, if I have to hire musicians, hopefully they wouldn't, they'll cost like five pennies because that's all I got. Sure. <laughs> and then that's what I'm going to have to do. But I'm thinking about having an East coast band and a West coast band. Cause I, I know that I can start playing here in Pittsburgh and there's places in LA that I've been offered to play multiple times, but I have had to turn down and it's really upsetting because those are opportunities that are literally knocking at my door. And I'm like, I'm sorry. <laughs> I yeah. can't right now. And I mean, I would love to go up there and just be play me with a track, but I wouldn't because then it I feel, feel like right. that's not what I want people to see. Let's say somebody from a label or from Spotify is there that one night and that's what they see. No first impression of my live show is not going to be like that. You know what I mean? It has to be what I want it to be and what I feel like is right. Cause I'm not going to do that backtracking again and like be like, Oh man, I did things that I felt like I wasn't supposed to at that moment. And now I got to go back and then like re not brand, but rebrand my live show basically. Yeah. You know? it, 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 it's really hard transitioning from being in a band to doing something solo in getting people to play music that they didn't necessarily write mm-hmm. and all those things. I mean, that's something that I juggled with that for a while because with, 
uh, my Sykes project, I do have a band now. Yeah. And I didn't for a long time, but like finding the right people and getting them together. But I still occasionally will play solo shows. I just played a solo show on Friday. Yeah. And it, it, it feels weird. It doesn't yeah. feel like it's what it's supposed to be. Yeah. Because like the live show is like, I have the band, I got projections, lights, mm-hmm. whole, I did the whole fucking stupid thing, you know, yeah. all that nonsense. But like, you need to, like, I feel like I caught myself relying too much on everybody else. Yeah. And losing sight of, like, okay, like, it's not about me, but it is about me. Like, yeah. If I can't perform these songs without a band, without the lights, without the projector, nobody's going to give a fuck. It's like yeah. almost like you need to be able to, like, have that confidence to be, like, naked enough in yeah. a way to, like, do it, even if you don't want to do it. Yeah. So it's like, I've been, like, there, trying yeah, to juggle I, that. I, I see that. I start relying too much on everybody else. Mm-hmm. And then when we're performing, you I'm thinking back. about what everybody else is doing. Yeah. I'm not thinking about what I'm doing. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That is that's, really true. That's a good point I should be thinking about because... I could totally see, like I've already seen it so far, feeling like I'm getting held back. But if I have, let's say I have other musicians, what am, where am I to think that I'm not going to get held back again? You know what I mean? So I think the, it might be a good avenue to explore both in that aspect. I would say, I mean, granted, in full disclosure, like, you know, nothing remarkably phenomenal has ever happened for me. So taking advice from me is a little silly. But what I would say, just given my experience, is that I think it's best to do both Yeah, because it just keeps your options open Mm -hmm. and it makes you confident to be able to take any opportunity that you can. And that's an advantage that you do have as a solo artist versus being in a band. band. Because if there's something where, you know, you get an opportunity to go to fucking, I don't know, Seattle or some shit and you can't fucking fly out other band members, Mm -hmm. but you know that like, okay, I have 30 minutes that I can perform myself, you know, whether in like, you know, you have it set up. Like I remember seeing fucking MIA at stage AE. Mm -hmm. It was just her and a DJ. Yeah. And like some cool lights. And And it was, she just had enough stage presence that you didn't think once about the fact that there was there wasn't there. Yeah, that's what I'm, she could fucking hold it down. Yeah, that's what's kind of spinning in my brain right now. I'm like, okay, so what it should be is why care about what's backing me if I'm gonna be just me up there for certain times and maybe sometimes I'll have my band. No matter what, I need to be the main focus. So I have to be the one providing the entertainment and the one providing like what is going to make me and set me apart from everybody else. Yeah. It's not going to be my band. It's going to be me. Yeah. And uh, whether if it's I do it by myself in a DJ or if I do it with me in a band, it's still going to be the same. It's just going to be like, you know, maybe a different feeling with the band, but it should still not take away from who I am as a performer. Yeah. You just have to be able to be confident in your skin Mm -hmm. at that moment. I remember I played a show, a solo show doing my rippity raps (laughs) and there was, it was with some other younger artists. So some people in like their early twenties Yeah, and this dude came up to me after the set was all like, yo, that was fucking awesome. Blah, 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 blah. Very kind. And I was like, yo, yo, he's like, he's asking me about like myself and what I do. And I was like, yeah, like, I don't know. I've been rapping for fucking 35 fucking years, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Um, here. And maybe sometimes see me with the band. Cause I said like, I like it more with the band. Yeah. And he was pretty much just like, that's cool. Like, I just want to see you like, yeah. I don't care about the band. Like if this thing is your thing, 
don't sweat the band because it's about you. Yeah. And this was coming from like some 20 year old kid. And it was just like, well, I guess maybe you're right in a sense. You know what yeah. I mean? Like if you are somebody that's interested in, you know, solo pop artists, solo hip hop artists, the stuff in the background's nice. It yeah. But it, it's, it's, I mean, if you know what the fuck you're doing and you have that extra stuff, it's cool. Mm-hmm. But if you're relying on that stuff behind you, I feel like it's going to, it's all going to fall yeah, flat. You're right. You're 100% right. And I'm glad that you helped me have that realization because that makes me feel really excited. I'm, I'm glad you're excited. I'm ready. I'm ready. I want those boots. <laughs> so you have a lot of stuff that's already available on the yes. internet that people could check out. You have videos on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I imagine music on Spotify. Mm-hmm. You released a single recently. Yes. I wanna. Yes. It's called I wanna. Um, and that one is like very, um, it reminds me a lot of Britney Spears because of the harmonies, but it has still has like the dark influence to it. So I really, that one's like one of my faves, but, um, yeah, that one I want is out. And, um, right before that I put out a song called paranoid and that one was like my transition out of feeling extremely depressed and like trying to get help for myself and kind of letting everyone know it's like my confession. And then after that, it's really funny because it kind of just goes to show how my emotions are. It was like, I went from paranoid, which was a very depressing song to I want to, which is very kind of like more upbeat pop song within like a month and a half. (laughs) I'm like, well, you know, if you want to know me, there you go. (laughs) That's me. I feel like that's a really cool thing about modern music now is that, those dynamic shifts are becoming more accepting. Like mm-hmm. People are more accepting of it. And I feel like it's just really human yeah. of an artist to be like, Hey, you know, I have a song that sounds like this and a song that sounds like this. Yeah. I mean, it's I still s- me. Exactly. I sat on, I want to for a year and a half. I didn't put it out because I didn't feel emotionally, emotionally connected enough to put it out. I can't, I'm not going to talk about it or be happy about the release if I didn't feel like it was what I was going through at that moment, you know, or like not necessarily going through, but able to channel that emotion when I was in such like a depressed, like sad place for so long that that song just kind of just was floating and then finally I felt like it was time that it could come out had all these other great songs but they're a little depressing I didn't want to put it out right then because I'm like I don't feel like that right now you know Mm -hmm. when it's time for those to come out and I can feel like I can shed light on it and the situation and be able to connect with people on it then I'll do that but right now I'm gonna want to connect with people on what I actually feel yeah. So I got some songs coming out in September and most likely like October and November. And I'm filming yeah. a music video um, like next week and a lot of stuff coming. You have some really cool music videos. Thank Everything you. looks super killer on YouTube. Thank I definitely you. like highly encourage everybody out there to check out the stuff. Thanks. For sure. Yeah. Check it on Spotify. I, I got my own camera and was like, that's whenever I had like that realization that I can't like be paying other people to not even contribute to what they like see my project as, you know? So got my own camera. My roommate was helping me film my videos and I would edit them and there they were. Here they are. Hell yeah. That's <laughs> yeah, fucking so, awesome. Yeah. I'm pretty proud of them. I like them. Awesome. And not wrapping up the conversation yet because are you in a rush to go anywhere? Are you Actually, good? well, I'm playing, um, I'm going to be on the X tonight. You're on the X tonight. 
two songs. Hell yeah. Yeah. Shout outs. What time's that so happening? It starts at eight. I don't know what time I'm playing. It's seven twenty six. Okay, cool. So we got time. You got some time. So I'm we, being glued to that radio station. So we got a little bit of time. We got a little bit of time. We got a little bit of time. Cause I do want to uh I do want to fuck around and have a little bit of fun. Yeah. And get into a little bit of fun stuff. Do you need any more beer? Do you want any more beer? I'm still drinking this one. You know what's funny about IPAs this is IPA, right? Yeah. Makes my mouth so dry. Oh. You know what? I said whenever we got here I'm very dehydrated every day. I told you, I was like, I don't think the beer is going to help. I need to chase my beer with water. Fair enough. Would you mind handing me the growler, my friend? Sure. Because I'm going to refill because I'm a piece of shit. And that's the one. That's the one. Big boy. Yeah. You know, I mean, hey, if you're going to do something, fucking do do it. it. Right. So I know that right now you haven't played in a band in a little while. And you haven't been playing any technical live shows for a little while. And I don't even imagine that right now you're doing any proper band rehearsals or anything. Like you're kind of in between. Mm-hmm. So this question might be, might fall a little flat, but I'm curious. Elena, we'll say after a show, after a practice, where are you going to get some food? Do you got oh. a spot? Okay. Well, here's the thing. <laughs> I love In-N-Out Burger. Okay. In-N-Out Burger is so... It's so, it's so West Coast it's of you to say. so good. You don't even know what you're missing if you are in the East Coast. It's like... I mean, I don't know. First time I got it, I was like, why does everybody care about this? But then you have it a second time. And you're like, oh. It's just like smoking weed. The first... <laughs> First time you're like, why does everybody care about this? And then the second time you're like, oh, that's why. <laughs> For sure. So in and out is the spot. in and out is the spot. And um, really, that's kind of like, if I'm going to go anywhere late at night over there in that region, it's going to be in and out What about East Coast? East Coast, um... I try and be healthy. Yeah. And In and Out isn't healthy, but it's my one exception. So okay. I won't go to McDonald's because the only thing I eat at McDonald's is two cheeseburger meal with no meat. So yeah. it gets a little boring. Sure. It's just cheese and bread. Yeah. And ketchup. So do you do you when you're in and out do you, do you do the meat in and out? No, I get a grilled cheese. Oh. They have got, grilled cheese okay. and it's basically the In and Out burger without the meat. But there's lettuce, there's special sauce on it. They toast it nice and toasty, so, so the buns toast it. It's so good. So are you like a strict vegetarian? No, I'm I you eat just try. chicken and turkey okay. and fish. Gotcha. That's it. Cool. So no no beef. No beef. You don't fuck with no the beef. beef. Yeah. Yeah. How long's that been? Since I was like forever. Because oh, yeah? my mom would never really well. When I was little, I'd eat steak because my dad would make it. But then my mom just never, she never ate like red meat. So she would only cook chicken, turkey, fish. And then I just kind of stuck with it. I haven't had beef or chicken or turkey or almost anything in probably like 10 years. (gasps) Wow. So are you vegetarian or vegan? I, I do eat, I probably eat more fish than cheese. Okay. 
I still do eat fish from time to time. Yeah. Like sushi is just like. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Like, you can't like not have sushi. Pry it from my cold dead hands, you vegetarian <laughs> motherfuckers. I love sushi. But, that uh, though, if there's a sushi spot open at night, going there straight up. Sure. I think with me, I find that I don't like when food makes me tired. Yeah, I hate it. And uh, a lot of dairy tends to make me tired. Is that what it does? Yeah. Is that what's making me tired? Probably, bro. (laughs) I love cheese. Yeah, cheese is great. I don't drink milk. I've only been drinking like almond milk and soy milk since like, uh, I don't know, since I was like 15. Yeah, I don't... yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Like a lot of people know, I fucking love my pizza. You know, I yeah. like cheese has its times, but you don't need to have fucking cheese on everything. It's yeah. so unnecessary. It is really ridiculous. And I did like the soy cheese for a while, but then I had a taste of a nice, tasty real cheese, and I never turned back. I feel like if it's not like a grilled cheese, where like cheese is a main ingredient, mm-hmm. so you need that or pizza. There's a lot of things that you can get without cheese, and I can almost guarantee you, you're not going to really notice the difference. I know. It's the same thing. I feel like I I never hope nobody hates me, but I eat ketchup with everything. And you're Pittsburgh at heart. I know. But (laughs) then I would start going places and being like, or like at a friend's house, we're like, we're eating eggs or mac and cheese, and they're like, I'm like, can I have ketchup? They're like, we don't have yeah. ketchup and I'm like, okay, so I have to eat it without it. I'm like, Oh, wait a second. This is still good. I can eat eggs without ketchup or mac and cheese without ketchup, but it's so good with ketchup. Yeah. Do you eat mac and cheese with ketchup? I like mac and cheese with ketchup. Everybody looks at me like I'm insane when I say that. I, I like the only, I like spirals, mac and cheese. I fuck with spirals. <laughs> um, or, you know, like a dinosaur shaped mac and cheese. Yep. Like the more childish it is, the better. Yeah. The only, my only beef though, is if, if you get the shaped mac and cheese, there's not as much in the fucking box as the normal. it takes up so much space. I yeah. know. It's and fucking it, and, bullshit. And it, there's usually holes in it. So really you're not getting as much noodle. No. No. Not at all. Not, and another thing is the cheese has to soak into the noodle. So what is it soaking into? Like this little, little, like outline yeah it is a little it's bit. not as it's not as great but if you mix it with ketchup it's fine it's a little bit of a gimmick yeah but i do also like the only thing i like a little bit more on mac and cheese than ketchup would be barbecue sauce really yeah i used to have an obsession with a1 sauce a1's a good while. but like you could put a1 on anything and it just tastes like a1 yeah like it yeah. doesn't matter what it is no it's like there oh that's a1 yeah I'm not, I like it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a dominating flavor, uh-huh. but I do fuck with it. Yeah, I'm all about it. I, no ketchup, I'll take the A1. To be completely honest, one of the things that made it really easy for me to stop eating meat was that I'm so condiment heavy that most of the shit that I eat just tastes like the condiments <laughs> that I eat versus like, you know, so it was it's so easy for me to be like, Oh, like, is this, uh, you know, a real burger versus like, you know, a f- some fucking impossible fake burger? Yeah. It doesn't fucking matter. I'm putting a one on the motherfucker anyways. It. it doesn't matter. Yeah. That's why I, one time, long time ago when I was a dummy, I was doing a cleanse and I was like, okay, so this cleanse, you only drink this liquid and then you only eat vegetables. And I was like, okay, so I'd get my vegetables. I'm like, I'm so hungry. These vegetables taste so bad by themselves. Like you have to eat them raw. So I just get a bunch of ketchup and just smother it in ketchup and eat the vet, like cauliflower, ketchup, carrots, ketchup, broccoli, 
ketchup. It's the only way I would eat it. It's true. Yeah. And salsa. If I ran out of ketchup, I had to use salsa. Like something with some kind of like acidic taste in it was there was no way I was eating it. Otherwise, I probably wasn't good for a You're cleanse. You're so fucking Pittsburgh. I know. It's never going to escape you. I had to break the fries on a salad situation. Oh, that's heartbreaking. It, 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 it took a while because <laughs> there no one will put fries on my salad in California. And I, I'm like, what do you not understand? I want fries on my salad. Yeah. Hell yeah. And then I'd have to end up buying a side of fries to put on my salad. And it just ends up I'm having a $20 salad. And I'm like, okay, I just got to quit this habit. I'm sorry. Yeah. Have you had any fry salad since you've been home? I haven't. And I need one with melted cheese on top and chicken. Where do I get it? Park? (laughs) I don't fucking know. Park? There's this one place. Place for smiles, motherfucker. (laughs) You know what? Another thing, Eaton Park... I wish there was Eaton Park. There's a place in LA that is like kind of like Eaton Park because it's a soup and salad bar, but it is not Eaton Park. You go to Eaton Park, you get the little muffins, you get breakfast, kind of breakfast, and then you also get lunch. And if you come right at the right time, you can have breakfast and lunch at the switchover. The changeover? The changeover. The changeover so quick. Sometimes it's only like 30 minutes. You're like, oh, I'm still here. So maybe I'll go up and get a soup before I go. Hell yeah. Yeah. And they said no sharing plates, but you always share the plates. Just get a little one. They're going to know now. If you're nice to the server, they don't care. Yeah. I was really going to care. You're sharing a $4 plate. No, Cynthia's not going to mind that much. No, she's not. Just give her a nice She's going to bring cool. you a nice smiley cookie anyways. Yeah. Just... Be nice to Cynthia. Cynthia. Give her a nice tip. Yeah. She'll take care of you. She doesn't give a shit what you're doing. Take all the plates. (laughs) I don't care. (laughs) Whatever. Yeah. I love Eaton Park. It's definitely one of my faves here, which I haven't gone since I've been home and I really need to. That's where I should have gone today. I went to eat today and I didn't go to Eaton Park. Where'd you go? I went to this place called like Fire Pit. Okay. It's in Irwin. Okay. That's where I'm from. Yeah. So. How was it? It was good. Yeah. It was fancier though. Like I had a salad that had, that was grilled on a, on a wood fire pit of some sort. So I was like, I could have had my salad at Eaton Park and also had one of those little pink muffins and like the mystery jello what and like is that the pink in the muffin. I don't know, but it's so good. What is that? Yo, it, it, yo, what out there. It? If you know what the pink is, I know exactly what the fuck you're talking about. That's so funny. If you know what the pink is in them fucking Eaton Park muffins, let me know. I, if you I, work at Eaton Park, if you, you know, your fucking uncle franchises one, fucking let me know what the tell fuck. Tell us. Tell us what the pink is. I'm not going to steal the recipe. <laughs> dehydrated i'm not and like my secret mask comes off yeah and i'm like what is his name and spongebob that always wants to um steal plankton yeah plankton he always wants to steal the secret recipe i'm like secretly plankton i don't want it (laughs) i'm not gonna steal the secret recipe for the pink muffins i just want to know just let us know what it is yeah that and also like the mystery like um it's not, it's always next to the jello and the cottage cheese, and it's usually colored, and you can dip your fruit in it. Oh, yeah. It's like sometimes it's green, sometimes it's 
pink and sometimes it's brown. Yeah. And it's not pudding. It's something else. Yeah. I never know what it is, but I eat it. I dip my fruit in it. Yeah, that's it's like some kind of weird cream cheese, maybe. I don't. Yeah, I don't know. It's something. It's something. I don't know. But I, I just what, first time I went on tour. This is probably really Pittsburgh too. <laughs> <laughs> I went to a gas station. I'm like, where's the Jello? Where's the Jello molds with like the little like cr- like pieces of stuff inside of it like this stuff it's multicolored. it's like pink green uh-huh. orange yeah, yeah, <laughs> and yeah. i was like where are they and i finally found a place that had them and i took it back and i was eating it in the van and they're like you are disgusting <laughs> like what are you talking about have you tried this this is so good it's delicious i'm like i could go for one right now actually Whatever they are, wherever they are, I don't even know where they are. Yeah, now. I hope you fucking find a Jello mold. I hope you go to Eaton Park. I hope that you fucking do all that. You gotta do all that shit. I got like I'm gonna fucking follow up with you in a couple of days. I got if like you, two if, and a half weeks. So if, if you ain't if you haven't gone to fucking Eaton Park and gotten where some I'm fucking, in trouble, I'm gonna fucking I'm gonna fucking drag you out your house and take you to fucking Eaton Park and get you <laughs> some go. some fucking shitty chicken salad salad. <laughs> Salad with fucking fries. Salad. Chicken salad with fries. Salad. Cheese. (laughs) All right. Last question. Salad dressing of choice. Caesar. Good choice. I like Caesar. But ranch is good on everything but salad. So (laughs) (laughs) Bro, I well, speaking of Eaton Park, like I've like I remember going to Eaton Park and I've seen motherfuckers like the most toxic looking people you've ever seen. Just like plate of iceberg croutons ranch that's it that's their fucking salad and that plate that plate is like seventh eighths ranch the other eighth is just like some lettuce and a couple croutons it's it's some lettuce more croutons it's fucking wild ranch these are like these are like people that look like if you left a can of mountain dew out for a week and then peeked inside it like they would be in there like hello it's me I don't know how I got in here. Yeah. So there, I mean, there should be, you know, there's like people of walmart.com. There should yes. be a people of Eaton Park. Oh yeah. It's, there really needs to be somebody. All the, all the love in the world to Eaton Park though. But I mean, there are some people that there, just, yeah, there's questionables like most good things like, you know, like beer, you can have too much. There, there is too much Eaton Park. Yes, absolutely. And probably too much in and out. Yeah. No, no. And maybe to bring this conversation full circle, Maybe sometimes there's being too much of an artist and forgetting who you are as a person. Look at that. That's such a beautiful, beautiful ending. Yeah. You got to remember who you are. Don't you forget do. it. Always remember who you are and uh, don't be afraid to be who you are because that is like number one role. I've tried to change myself at one point in my life and because I wanted to fit in and be like everybody else and guess what I came right back to this because this is where I feel confident comfortable I went to a deep dark place trying to be like people that I wasn't and I'm so happy that I'm back to who I actually am and like don't sidetrack yourself because people see beauty and truth and uh, that's just what the world needs god this ended up being so cheesy (laughs) (laughs) yo it's all good that's that's what this is podcasts are corny as fuck to be completely honest and i feel like if you're not gonna fucking say some shit from the heart what's the fucking point exactly you gotta tell it how it is hell yeah you got to hell yeah brother (laughs) hell yeah (laughs) 
<laughs> so before I do my outro, I mean, we already mentioned that, you know, you have shit on YouTube and stuff like that, but where can specifically people find you? Okay. Social media. She is Elena. A-L-A-E-N-A. And then everything on YouTube, Spotify is just Elena. Not, there's no just. It's A-L-A-E-N-A. <laughs> Elena. Yeah. It's Elena. Look for the exciting colored hair. Yes. It may be pink. It's it may always be yellow. Changing. It may be another color. Who knows? I just put this little skunk streak in it. Oh, it's on this side. Yeah. <laughs> See, I don't even remember. It happened yesterday. Yeah. Just, yeah. Look, look <laughs> for the Elena that has the fun hair on YouTube. I'll be there waiting for you. Cool. And Not- that's all, folks. Thanks so much for listening. Hope you enjoyed the conversation one more time. Elena, thanks for coming by. I was really happy to reconnect after I know. all these years. Not at, you know, some shitty fucking VFW with a bunch of mediocre metal bands playing in the background, you know, <laughs> actually getting to sit and talk. Yeah. I'll be back again in a few days with another conversation with somebody cool. You know how I do. Same time, same place, same channel. You know the drill. My name is Sykes. Start the beat. 2019. Whoop, woo, motherfuckers. Thanks for listening. And that is all. Hell Yeah. <laughs> I'm like your backup dancer over here. Yeah. Killer. (laughs) I'm just going to fucking, I'm going to green screen you into every future episode. (laughs) There I am doing the jig. (laughs) Hell yeah. And stop.